The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. We live in a fast-paced, hectic world where it is easy to feel overwhelmed, stressed, and out of control. How do you manage all the competing pressures without losing your sense of yourself? How do you stay focused enough to not only plot a path, but follow it? Welcome to Master Your Life, a show that offers inspiration, insight, and intelligence, as well as success stories for many walks of life that can show you how you can control your own destiny. Our knowledgeable and entertaining hosts and their guests give practical advice that you can use every day in the quest to master your life. Now, here are your hosts, Leah Mattinson and Dr. Howard Rankin. Hi, and welcome to Master Your Life, the show that gives you insight, inspiration, and intelligence to everyday challenges um, that help us get control of our lives. I'm co-host Dr. Howard Rankin, and I'm joined today, as always, by my host, Leah Mattinson. How are you, Leah? Hi, Howard. <laughs> I'm just laughing at the introduction of going, yes, taking, getting, uh, taking on the everyday challenges and getting control of those things. As I sit by the side of the highway, um, we've, been, <laughs> we've been traveling for days, and uh, we're always trying to coordinate things so that we can have a seamless a seamless life and a seamless uh, show to present to our listeners. And I just appreciate how much flexibility uh, we have as co-hosts with one another in how sometimes life isn't uh, everyday challenges and that sometimes getting control means letting go of control. So, <laughs> so here we are. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, if our listeners only knew the lengths we <laughs> went to sometimes to scramble and get the show <laughs> and the guests we want on the show and get it right. uh, out on the air. So how have you been this yes. week? Oh, absolutely wonderful. Just have had a fantastic week. We've been um, busy as always with doing wonderful things with our uh, kids and just uh, we just delight in, in watching them grow and develop as human beings and being around to encourage and support them as much as we can. So we were at a world trick riding competition uh, for wow. Dwayne's youngest daughter. Yeah, and she did really well. She came in fifth in the world, so we're very excited. Oh, my about gosh, her. that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah, so we're very excited about her progress and, and just looking forward to her, the learning. You know, she was disappointed still with her performance because she's fairly competitive. And uh, just all the learning, when you hang out with really great people and with really great attitudes, how much you can learn in such a short amount of time. And that was really the big takeaway for us. It's just that whole having mentors and people that are actually excelling more than you are so that you can go, wow, what is it that I can do to really and how can I make myself even better as I leave from here? So just another wonderful week. How's your week been, Howard? <laughs> um, well, it's been another great week filled of things like, you know, having a golf ball-sized kidney stone removed, um, which brings us nicely to medical matters, uh, medical profession and doctors. And I am so thrilled today to have on our show uh, a good friend, 
and a great, great physician, Dr. Wayne Johnson. He's been a friend of mine for a good 10 years, um, and he has a lot of insight and wisdom as far as medical matters and how they integrate into one's whole life. Wayne, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Hello, Leah. (laughs) Hi, Wayne. (laughs) We are very excited to have you, yes. Insights, inspiration, and intelligence, yes. <laughs> so, Wayne, tell privilege, us... Uh, privilege is mine. Huh. Wayne, tell us a little bit about... Uh, tell us, the listeners, a little bit about your background so we can get to how you got to where you are today. You know, my, my uh, background is in family practice originally, and that's what I was boarded in originally, and then uh, worked through a fellowship in age management and functional medicine, which was a little mm. way just to uh, increase my interest in, in the what health and well-being were, and um, have really taken a, a strong interest in uh, psychological health. I'd say probably about 40% of my practice is psychiatric work, and about 40% is age management, and about 20% is mm. traditional, fam- uh, traditional family practice, uh, the blood pressure, the medical problems that we see and face every single day. Um, my background probably in the psychiatric end is the, the thing that I enjoy the most, and that's probably related to my father who passed last year this time, um, but he was a therapist who uh, I just loved talking to, and he shared a lot of insight with me and got me started going down a path that uh, I like to share with people now. That's just wonderful. So so you've been practicing now for how many years, Wayne? Um, I think I'm about 20 years into my practice here. It was uh, 1997 I started on Hilton Head. So that would be a challenging place to live and work. <laughs> yes, it's real challenging. No, it's, it's obviously a yeah. piece of paradise. Yes. So how do, do you take that paradise and work it into your practice? I'm always curious um, about lifestyle know, as medicine. I, I, I think I do. I spend a good amount of time on the beach, and I've oftentimes uh, met patients out on the beach for sessions of conversation. And, uh, you know, I I work probably a little bit too hard as far as the the hours I work, but uh, fortunately I've got a very understanding wife and child, and uh, I don't think they feel cheated at all. So, you know, they they allow me to pursue my passions, and uh, as long as I'm a good husband and dad, that's, that's what I aspire to, so... Um, you know, I'm very fortunate yep. that way. Right, and I can attest that Wayne is a wonderful uh, husband and dad. Um, and, and Wayne is is unusual. When you go to the doctor today, you expect to spend a few minutes with them, um, and they'll go over the vital signs, mm-hmm. get to the symptoms, write you a prescription, and you're out the door in 10 minutes. That is mm-hmm. not the way Wayne practices. Um, Wayne, perhaps you could tell us what a what a typical consultation is like with you. Well, you know, I, I would prefer to spend as much time with patients. I feel bad for my staff because they don't get to see me too much during the day. And, um, you know, I start seeing patients at 830, and I'll usually spend, you know, anywhere from 35 minutes to an hour, sometimes longer if necessary. And we try to schedule around um, basically the patient's needs. Uh, I, I do, you know, a lot of what I consider uh, psychiatric work, um, you know, dealing a lot with substance abuse issues, um, what I'm really passionate about is is dealing with anxiety and what I believe is the result of that, the substance abuse issues that I see coming in adolescents and young adults right now in our society and um, have been doing a lot of work writing and working on some things and hopefully I'll get to share some of those today in our dialogue. 
Oh but, you know, my, that's just such important work. Holy smokes! Yeah, my, I just would. I'm now. I'm dying of curiosity. Well, I'm not going to die right here, but <laughs> I, and, we're not on the side of the road. Anything, not on the side of the road. Anxiety is just such a uh, life changing, like life ending things. I have a lot of kids, when, um, and my youngest daughter absolutely suffers and struggles with anxiety. So I'm really. Um, what, what did you notice, or what got you? curious about that in particular with kids. Well, well, you know, probably the largest complaint I see in practice, Leah, is the, the statement that I hear the most is, I'm exhausted, I'm fatigued. And I started mm-hmm. looking at mm-hmm. what was causing that fatigue and kind of started evaluating where do people put their time and their energy? Because if I was going to create a formula of uh, fatigue as one of the variables, the other two would be time and energy. And I started to recognize that, you know, we put our time and energy into really only three types of challenges in this world. There's physical challenges of action, and there's emotional challenges of feeling, and spiritual challenges of thought. And what I recognize is our conscious awareness of what we're doing, feeling, and thinking, you know, is, is where we put all of our time and energy. And I started to recognize that, you know, these people were exhausted, but they were really neglecting themselves physically. And they certainly weren't investing a tremendous amount of time and energy into their spiritual aspects of life. So I just came to realize that it must be the emotional burden that they're suffering with. And mm-hmm. that's how I started really looking at anxiety and, you know, believing that if you, if you recognize in our world the lack of emotional confidence that people have in their ability to Ugh. make decisions or deal with mm-hmm. possible outcomes, you know, it's, it's so prevalent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It is. I it just, it's, um, that you don't, there's no trust. Like you don't trust yourself to make good decisions or trust yourself to, um, exercise an ability to manage your own life. And that I just think knocks the complete wind, wind out of you. So right. what starts that for people? Um, you know, I, I believe that what's happening is that, and, and this is a, an interesting way of viewing it, but, you know, I think that for hundreds of thousands of years, we have to recognize that anxiety was a wonderful motivator of our behavior. When you did not have a right. roof over your head, food on your table, or safety in your life, anxiety motivated you to, to go out and get those things. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. in a world not, not driven, in our society at least, not driven by need, but mainly driven by wants, the anxiety has become just an amazing distractor. And so I started to look at the different types of anxiety and, and recognizing to me that um, while not being a religious person, anxiety and faith are polar opposites. Faith describes the ability that we have to understand there is guidance available to help us make the same decisions or deal with the same possible outcomes. So anxiety and faith are polar opposites to me, and it made me start really examining how it is that we learn to have faith in our society. And I think we've done a terrible job educating people about that, including our children. And okay. hence, they're looking for any means to escape their own anxiety because they truly just don't have faith. little bizarre way of looking at it, though. Well, but let's expand on that a bit more because um, you have some interesting ways of, of presenting this concept of, you know, spirituality devoid from sort of sacred traditions. Right. That, right. you know, that you there's know, some, I... an essence of spirituality that's, that's belong, beyond necessarily religious traditions. Explain that a bit more because I think it's very important. 
Absolutely. The, um, the way I look at it is when my daughter was born, who's 14 years old now, I, I just sat down and I made a list of words. And I had gone through some tumultuous times as a child, and I made this list of words that are all characteristics and traits that we all would like to have. And that mm-hmm. list of words included words that were involved in loving yourself, your friends and family, and society appropriately. And I recognize that our, our joy in life comes from our relationships. And, and what mm-hmm. happened is, is that in a society driven by want, where we've all been raised to believe that if we worked hard, got an education, got a good job, we'd make money, we'd have what we want, and we'd be happy. And we all have come to recognize that that's a fallacy, yet we continue to perpetrate it upon our children. Right. <laughs> yep. And, you yes. know, it, it, it's unfortunate because what they're not learning about is how to love appropriately. And obviously spirituality in, in any way, shape, or form was meant to communicate that. So when I look at the fact that in 1900, 116 years ago in our country, it took two weeks to share information across this country, I imagine right. how long it must have taken to share information 2,000 years ago. And mm-hmm. realizing that if you grew up in Tibet, you didn't know anything about Rome if you even know Rome existed. And, and likewise, Palestine existed. And therefore, messages mm-hmm. were not shared. You were lucky if you lived in Rome that you heard the Catholic message. Um, right. And, and I realize that now we've taken these sacred traditions, and that's what we teach as a spiritual understanding. And what we failed to do is introduce the children of today to appropriate spiritual understanding, that there's guidance available to them, that they can have faith in it, and it does not matter to whom they bestow credit at this point in their life. They need to grab onto Mm -hmm. loving themselves, their friends and family and society, and what ultimately will happen is that they can be joyful people, and they have the rest of their life to figure to whom they want to bestow credit providing that guidance, but they can't deny that it's there. You know, every 15-year-old knows that they can be positive and optimistic, confident, and secure. And they can be considerate, understanding, patient, and kind. And they can be compassionate and altruistic and empathetic. They, when, I, when I put that list of words up in front of them, I ask them, is there anything on this list you can't be? And they say no. And I'm like, well, how do you know that? And somehow or another, they're aware of it. And if they're aware of that guidance and they use it to make decisions, I know that if I had learned that when I was seven or eight years of age, I probably would have made a lot better decisions. So, you know, right. it's just a different way of looking at spirituality. I don't think I say anything different than what has been said before. I just say it a little differently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we say, and I think that we're, um, we've, well, we've done a few shows uh, on spirituality and we're completely in alignment with that whole, the, di- the difference between religion and spirituality is, um, you know, vast and, and they both, ha- it all has its place. But just knowing uh, in your soul, that something exists that's beyond you that cares about you and cares about you know how you show up in the world changes lives for you know if you if you can buy into that or believe that it, we and we Ab- see it I see it all the time in my coaching practice as well for sure absolutely so so what so what so what kicks the uh, the um, the legs out from under families though because I think that's um, where I see in in our own. Um, you know, in our own families and in, in my coaching practice, definitely how families struggle because they've fallen apart multiple times uh, and that, uh, you know, 30, 40 years ago, divorces weren't happening at the rate they happened. There wasn't, you know, uh, there was more two-parent families. Um, so kids kind of come out of the womb and they're, you know, they may or may not have a family by the time they're six months old. 
And, right. and so there's lots of issues around abandonment and, and not knowing where they fit in the world and that whole, you know, love and connection. So, so how do we do a better job of, um, you know, protecting our kids or do we need to do a better job of protecting our kids by making better choices when it comes to partners and how we, you know, value marriage and those types of things? Well, you know, obviously our our ability to love begins with oneself. And if you mm-hmm. grow in this world and you believe that you can only earn that love of self by achievement from your own motivation, you've missed what mm-hmm. I believe to be the simplest premise of Christianity is to honor our maker, our father. As a mm-hmm. father in this world, there's nothing more I could want from my child than to feel positive and optimistic, confident and secure and motivated and courageous and deliberate and honest and impulse controlled and all those good things to love ourselves. And I see that what's happening now in our world is children are entering the adult world with Mm -hmm. a distorted view of what's going to bring them joy. And they're not emotionally mature enough to handle the choices that they're confronted with. And life is about the decisions you make. And if you're making decisions only about satisfying want, you're going to be very Mm -hmm. unhappy. If you're making decisions about what truly brings joy into our life, our relationships with other people, you can redirect that. I don't feel there's many people who are growing up in this world learning that, at least in our society. And it's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. You know, I, they're, they're lost. And, you know, the, the creation of what I believe to be legitimately the demonic possession of our mind when our feelings and our thoughts distract us from the present moment of life and rob us of time and energy, you know, I'm talking about the same thing that has been talked about for thousands of years as the devil. And I do believe that anxiety and the devil are one and the same. It's just a new way of looking at it. Yeah. Yeah, fascinating, fascinating stuff, Wayne. And and we're going to continue this in the second segment uh, when we come back on the other side on Master Your Life today with Dr. Wayne Johnson. See you in a bit. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. If you've been searching for fat loss and mental clarity in one place, think ketosis. Maybe you've heard about a ketogenic diet but have been totally turned off by the painstaking effort to do it. Well, agonize no longer because there is a solution. What could be just as simple and easy as taking your daily vitamins? Visit reallifetraining.expert to find out. Raise your hand and get in on the front end of the total wellness revolution. Get well, manage your mood, clear your mind. Visit reallifetraining.expert now. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Live up to your full potential. You've heard that for years, but now there's a channel to help you get there. Introducing the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Get motivated, hear about success stories, and positive encouragement. The Voice America Empowerment Channel is the home of the world's top life coaches, 
entrepreneurs, and success experts. Listen to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. This is the home of the top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success drivers. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are tuned in to Master Your Life. To reach Leah Mattinson, Dr. Howard Rankin, or their guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to Leah. That's L-E-A-H-A at changeyourlife.expert. Now, back to Master Your Life. Welcome back to Master Your Life, the show that gives you insight, inspiration, and intelligence. Today, we're talking with Dr. Wayne Johnson uh, about many things, but the apparent lack of preparation that children today have for adulthood, which sometimes leads to tragic, tragic circumstances. And I know this is very poignant, Wayne, because you just recently have, that, have had that hit your family. Just just last week, my uh, nephew at 23 years of age took his own life in a rehab facility in Las Vegas. And uh, he was a, a wonderful young man who really did not have the emotional maturity enough to make the right decisions when he entered the adult world, despite having been raised in an extremely beautiful Christian household with two siblings who are able to use the guidance they were provided. And he, he just struggled. And instead of choosing to confront his struggles and really work on it, which is some of the, the things that I tried to do with him, um, you know, he chose to hide from it in an opiate, which obviously is epidemic in our, our culture, opiate abuse. Mm-hmm. And I do treat a lot of it. Um, but, uh, you know, I think, Howard, you had known this, that uh, Connor had lived with me for a year, and mm-hmm. during that time, he did fairly well. But, you know, learning how to use your emotional intelligence, as far as I'm concerned, is, is just like learning how to play basketball or play an instrument or solve a calculus problem. It takes practice. And, mm-hmm. you know, we don't tend to see it that way. We tend to keep, we don't know how to articulate our emotions. We tend to keep them to ourselves. And, you know, we create that voice inside our own head and that self, negative self-talk is just so distracting. And, you know, Connor got to a point in his life where he decided he couldn't live with drugs or without them. And, you know, the outcome is devastating. And he had, he had every source of anxiety, you know, against him. And he was legitimately, I look at it, I mean, he, he ended up becoming very possessed by that distraction and couldn't get out of his own head. That's the way I like to characterize it. First of all, just let me say that I'm so sorry to hear that that has happened for your family, Wayne. That the loss Thank of a you. child is um, just so uh, just devastating. I am sure at many levels, and there's going to be lots of processes of grieving. And, and yeah. I, I just wonder what it what it's like because I, I mean, we all have struggles in our families with different family members. How is it for you as a professional? To have kind of like, how do you deal with not being able to turn this thing around for Connor? How does that? How do you deal well, with that person? You know, I, I realize in, in 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 all situations like this, it is devastating, and obviously, at his yeah. own hand, is even more devastating. And yeah. you know, Connor Connor was somebody who everybody worked extremely hard, and he had a a very tragic example of a life because you know. At 20, when he was going through some substance abuse issues with alcohol, he made the mistake of getting in a, 
discussion with his mother one night while drinking and in a rage stabbed himself in the neck and oh, ended up in the emergency room where he later became diagnosed with the Hodgkin's lymphoma. And oh. he was treated for the lymphoma and he came down and lived with me after that for about a year and he did well here. And, you know, I am, I, I, I grieve his loss in a different mm-hmm. way. I, I have to find something in life, the things that I deal with every day. I have to find some, some aspect of, um, gratitude and learning from a, a situation that there's got to be something that good will come out of this. And, Mm-hmm. Yeah, my, you know, my effort and my work with Connor was something, I mean, even it was two months ago, he asked me for some of the literature that I've written and um, wanted to share it with his girlfriend. And, you know, I mm-hmm. asked him if, if he was practicing what I had shared with him. And, you know, he said, no, but he's going to try. And, mm-hmm. you know, he just, he, he, he just could not see through. Unfortunately, at that time, the methadone was numbing him enough that mm-hmm. he really sold his soul to that to opiates like so many other young people do. So right. I will take I will take that grief and channel it into a positive and try to help other people even more deal with those problems. Yeah. And and I'm sure you've seen this dynamic, maybe not necessarily the same end result, but you have seen this dynamic in many, many young people, correct? Oh. It's, it, is, it is truly an epidemic that is only going to get worse because, unfortunately, what opiates do is when you lack emotional confidence, you're not loving yourself, your friends and family, or society appropriately. You don't know how to make the right decisions. Opiates make it not matter. They make it all yep. right. While yeah, they're they in they, Yep. While, yeah. They know. certainly numb you. And, uh, of course, I know you know this, but perhaps our listeners don't that the increase in psychiatric disorders and the diagnosis of psychiatric disorders amongst young adults has skyrocketed in the last few years. That's uh, correct, right? It's terrible. It is absolutely terrible. And, you know, I'm on a quest. I, I have something, you know, that I want to share, Howard, that I, you know, believe will, you know, can change that if I can just share it. So, you know, that's what I'm working towards. And, you know, I, I certainly wish it could have had a, a larger impact on my nephew, but that'll just motivate me a little bit more. Yeah. And I'd love for people to understand a little bit more what you mean by um, demonic possession. We had Carolyn Mason, and she talks about spiritual madness. And I think that they're like those two things are, are you know, or terms could be kind of interchanged. I'm just wondering, you know, what behaviorally do people experience or what as parents do we need to look for early on in our children what would be some of the cues that they are disconnecting and becoming in fact available on that spiritual level to something that isn't good you know Leah, i recognize that you know anxiety distracting us from the present moment of life so if your child's emotionally distracted from enjoying life in any way shape or form you 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 have to confront the fact that they have an emotional issue going on. And whether that gets labeled with a sociologic diagnosis like an anxiety disorder or a um, bipolar disorder or anything like that, you know, we have labeled these things. My brother and his wife, unfortunately, were very relieved when my nephew was diagnosed as bipolar because, oh, oh at least now we know what's wrong. And, you know, that was just sad to me because obviously <laughs> if you look, ar- look around the world, you'll recognize that these types of disorders 
don't exist in, in any way, shape, or form near the, the percentage in our population. And, you know, when you look at what that demonic possession is, if, if you recognize what I said before about anxiety being a lack of emotional confidence in your ability to either make a decision or deal with a possible outcome, faith and anxiety are polar opposites because faith is a belief that there is guidance available to help you make the same decision or to deal with that possible outcome. And, you know, I, I look at it, and I believe there are, are five very principal sources of anxiety in this world. And, you know, I, I recognize this, that, you know, we have, in our world today, created so many choices, the complexity of choice, I call it, when you recognize that what takes more time and energy for us to use in life, to choose from, uh, three TV stations or 500, or mm-hmm. regular decaf oh. coffee, or... Uh, the 31 varieties available to Starbucks. And yeah. <laughs> when, when we start believing that there's going to be joy that comes from choosing your next phone in your life, <laughs> you know, you're distracted from the moment. You don't realize that your joy is supposed to come from your relationships. And when you start spending all your time and energy choosing amongst, you know, peanut butters in a grocery store instead of just skipping and Peter Pan, it becomes very distracting. And that's one of the, the sources of anxiety. The, the second one that I think it precipitates is, obviously, we're the only animal that is aware of the impact that time and energy have on our lives, at least knowingly aware. We can plan our futures. And obviously, our future perceptions are dependent upon the possibilities that we're aware of. So I use an example oftentimes when, you know, I, 11 years ago, my nurse asked me, Wayne, are you looking forward to vacation? And I said, Pam, I won't think about it till the moment I leave. Because if I imagine myself lying in the sun, relaxing, you know, having to drink my hand, getting some good loving, you know, I went on vacation <laughs> and I got the, it rained and I had the runs the whole time. So, you know, I recognize you that our expectations... You could, however, keep the good loving thing in mind. That would be okay. Next time. You don't have to say that. Yes. <laughs> you know, and, and we distort our, our future perceptions are based upon the possibilities we're aware of. And if we recognize that, you know, just 100 years ago, I would have jumped on a horse and rode two miles up the road to see a cousin on vacation. And, you know, the possibilities of seeing an ad on a... TV for a cruise and looking at that thinking, oh, I might be going on a cruise. I'm going to do that, 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 and that. And you go on that cruise and and you have the experience like getting the runs and it rains the whole time. The disappointment you feel in life with that. And that's a terrible form of anxiety. You know, and, and, and those future perceptions aren't just for the good. It's never really as good as we can build it up to be. It's never really as bad as we can build it up to be either. Yet, you know, I just went through a Category 2 hurricane, and somehow or another, life goes on. And I I recognize that that isn't true for everybody, but our awareness of what our television shows us in our future perceptions of fear, worry, and dread are never realized as bad for for 99% of people. Yet, we always want to be prepared for the possibilities. So we spend all this time and energy trying to prepare for something that is just not going to happen. Right. So yes, that's, and, and that's right. And and that emotion that you feel, because honestly, you know, there's this thing called effective forecasting where you right. try to project how you might feel. But the fact is you feel that in the moment. Right. In the moment you're anticipating what you're going to do on the cruise, you're feeling that expectation and that pleasure at that moment, but right. you're setting yourself up for that ultimate disappointment. disappointment. Yep, absolutely. 
And, and as I said, so the, the complexity of choice is a huge distractor for us, the future perceptions. The next one that I find people distracted by are their past burdens. That when you recognize that we are the only animal that's capable of storing our past emotional content in our subconscious and accessing it anytime we want, so we can store mm-hmm. our anger, our regret, our remorse, our guilt. We can store those things, but we can't change them. And I find so many people distracted in ruminating in these negative thoughts, as my nephew was. Yet, you realize that the only reason that we can store our past knowledge and access it is to plan our future better and to make better decisions as we move forward in life. And past burdens are a huge distractor in our culture. Yeah, um, that's, a, that's a seriously, if people could figure that one thing out, to not live in the rearview mirror, their lives right. would just be monumentally changed, yeah. Right. And uh, let me see, the number four in my list of sources of demonic possession of anxiety is the, what I call your relationship responsibilities. And I recognize this when you're frustrated, disappointed, or resentful towards somebody, or you know somebody feels that way towards you. Any moment of your time and energy you spend distracted in those thoughts and feelings, you're not present anymore. And, you know, we have to learn how to communicate a little bit better. And we're not, training, we're, we're not teaching our children how to communicate. And we're not teaching them because we're handing them tools that force them not to learn how to communicate, like texting. And, you know, it's, it's so frightening to me because anytime you remove sensory input from communication, people are going to be less responsible because they leave more open for interpretation. And, Correct. you know, it's a dangerous thing. I'm sure you guys see that every day. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. And, and you know, there's something important here is... Um, you can only be aware of what you focus on, right? right? So if you focus on all these negative things, that's what you're going to be aware of. That's what's going to dominate your brain, your mind, and your emotions. And yeah. the fact is you can only really think of one thing at a time. Right. Um, so if that's where you're focused, that's all you're going to be focused on too. Absolutely. And so the you know, people need to understand the limited nature. I mean, the, the brain's a beautiful thing, but human cognition is limited. Maybe it doesn't have to be that way. Maybe we can train ourselves, sort of like you're suggesting, to take advantage of its best features rather than be controlled by its worst features. Unfortunately. Um, but that is, but that, is the, that is the lesson, right? Right. You know there's, a, there's an inherent negativity bias in our thought process yep. because the way the human mind is set up is first stop in how we make decisions is how am I going to avoid suffering? And every animal is poised in life thinking mm-hmm. you, watch an, you watch an animal who lives completely in the present moment because everything about their life is dependent upon the sensory input that they're experiencing and they react to it trying to protect their food, their shelter, their safety and their reproductive partners. That's, that's the way our brain is programmed. And, you know, I call it your Rolodex of decision-making. When you go to make decisions, you really have to go A through O to mm-hmm. sort through all the negative things that have happened to you in life and that negativity bias until you get to some of the good things that have been in your past. So we all have this perceptual distortion of how am I going to avoid suffering first? And, you know, that's the way the, the brain is programmed to think. And yep. it's meant to provide us food, shelter, and safety and the basic necessities of our, our life. Um, it's, 
yeah, it's that survival imperative when, as you rightly say, for most or a lot of people, especially in first world countries, you know, it's not now an issue of needs, it's wants. And when right. you take that mechanism and apply it to wants, you get completely out of sync and Absolutely. totally led down the wrong path. Absolutely. When we come back on the third section of this great show with Dr. Wayne Johnson and Master Your Life, we'll talk about some of the more practical things that flow from Wayne's ideas of how do we train uh, the next generation? How do we train ourselves to be more spiritual or faith-based and less anxious on the other side of Master Your Life? your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. If you've been searching for fat loss and mental clarity in one place, think ketosis. Maybe you've heard about a ketogenic diet, but have been totally turned off by the painstaking effort to do it. Well, agonize no longer because there is a solution. What could be just as simple and easy as taking your daily vitamins? Visit ReallifeTraining.expert to find out. Raise your hand and get in on the front end of the total wellness revolution. Get well, manage your mood, clear your mind. Visit reallifetraining.expert now. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America interactive radio player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Where can you listen to some of the world's top life coaches ready to dish out success tips and entrepreneurial guidance? The Voice America Empowerment Channel will do just that. Whether it's personal growth, building a better business, or inspirational life stories, make it a daily habit to tune into our programs. From weight loss and personal branding to law of attraction and increased happiness, you'll find it every day at VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. are tuned in to Master Your Life. To reach Leah Mattinson, Dr. Howard Rankin, or their guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to Leah. That's L-E-A-H-A at changeyourlife.expert. Now, back to Master Your Life. Welcome back to Master Your Life. Today we're talking with Dr. Wayne Johnson, who just before the break was giving his five points that he wanted to make and he only got to number four so before we get into the practical aspects of his view and his system um tell us what number five is of demonic anxiety so so that that fifth possession of our mind comes from our lack of love of self i call it and if you recognize that when you go to make decisions in life and you don't feel positive and optimistic and confident and secure and courageous and motivated and honest and impulse controlled, you're going to be anxious. And I oftentimes remind people that that is exactly what is meant by the first premise in Christianity, to honor thy maker, our father. And there's nothing more that I as a father, and I know you, Howard, as well, could want for your 
child in this world than to love themselves fully. And then we can unleash our abilities to love others. Until you do that, though, you are going to be anxious until you can, you can recognize the importance of loving yourself. So, you know, from the complexity of choice, future perceptions, past burdens, relationship responsibilities, and that lack of love of self are what I consider the five influences of demonic possession in our minds. So then what do we do with that once we kind of have the, the five types and we uh, look at and identify for ourselves, <laughs> for a lot of us, maybe, right. and listeners would be identifying for ourselves, well, where do I struggle? Because that's part of the evolution of life is the managing through all of these changes. So every time something comes up that's a change in life, if you're not dealing with, you know, number one and two particularly well, it's like getting good boundaries and good guidelines, you know, there's there's definitely skills and tools and insights and wisdoms and disciplines that people can put into practice in order to not allow themselves to be open to that demonic possession or demonic anxiety. So we'd love to hear what some of those are. And we always encourage people to grab a paper and pen and to make notes of where they are right now and where it is that they want to be. So um, while uh, Dr. Johnson launches into that, grab your pen so that you can write down these really important tools. So, so I, I believe there are four obligations, and, and this can be seen in something that I've been working on publishing called the Life Map. And these four obligations that we should have with ourselves are the, they go in this order: awareness, challenge, patience, and honor. And obviously, mindfulness exercises are available out there that are supposed to make us more aware. And if you remember what I said earlier about we invest our time and energy in what we're doing physically, feeling emotionally, and thinking spiritually, and I believe that our conscious awareness of what we're doing, feeling, and thinking, when applied the ability of free choice, because we get to freely choose to do, feel, or think otherwise, I say to people, why would we not choose to enjoy each and every moment of life? And I know we don't live on a mountaintop in Tibet. Our worlds are very complicated. And yet what we need to do is be a little bit more mindful or aware of what we're doing, feeling, and thinking. So I'll encourage people to just set their cell phone on the hour to alarm them. And it's an awareness exercise that when that alarm goes off, they challenge themselves. They just stop in the moment. They say, okay, what are you doing, feeling, and thinking right now, Leah? What are you doing, feeling, and thinking right now, Howard? And ask yourself that because the second of those four obligations is challenge. Because you can challenge yourself knowing that you can freely choose to do, feel, or think mm -hmm. otherwise. So awareness, challenge. The third one is patience. Recognizing that the physical gift of being able to take action and do things or the emotional gift of expressing feeling or the spiritual gift of thought, it takes patience to develop those skills. That, that awareness, challenge, patience, and the last of these is honor. Have, have gratitude. Don't beat yourself up when you fail to be present in life and enjoy the moment you're in. Have gratitude that you can learn this and jump back into the awareness. I find that so many people are unable to honor the, the gifts that they were given because they're beating themselves up about not using them appropriately. So awareness, challenge, and patience, and honor are the four different obligations that I'd like to see people use their gifts for. It's that it's fairly simple. That's <laughs> pretty simple, except when you think about actually applying it. Don't think well, about it too much. That's the thinking. That's the yeah, thinking part. <laughs> that, that is the that is the beauty of you know having a tool like you know even your cell phone just to ground you in the moment. If that alarm goes off, I'll oftentimes like one of the exercises, Leah, when uh, when we talk about love of self, 
I'll have people look at a list of words and choose those things they feel most vulnerable to. So if they're lacking positivity, confidence, security, and motivation, I have them program their phone, and an alarm goes off on the hour. And when that goes off, all I ask them to do is acknowledge that. And it's very simple. You just say, please help me be more positive, optimistic, confident, and secure. And what you find is that if you can make people more aware of who it is they knowingly can be, they're much more likely to be it. If you want to change your behavior in life, become aware of the behavior you want to change first. And, you know, it's, it's amazing how well it works, and it is, it is fairly simple. Yeah, and I think it's yes. pretty cool how you get the frequency um, happening quickly, you know, so that when they set the alarm on their phone, you can actually give yourself or be positive uh, 24 or 50 times a day. It's up to you to choose how much you're going to, you know, turn up that um, goodness in yourself and that we Absolutely. have full control over how often we do those things. So that's right. the other, um, like, kind of training technique or when people are looking at, well, how do I actually apply that? Is it one time an hour? Is it three times a day? And how do you coach people around that? Well, you know, I, I remind people that acknowledgement has been part of every spiritual message. So whether it's mm-hmm. prayer, meditation, affirmations, that's all I'm asking people to do is just put mm-hmm. the same premise into effect, but do it with modern technology. So you can do it as frequently as you'd like, but the more aware mm-hmm. you can be of who it is you want to be, the more likely mm-hmm. you're to be that person. You just have to make decisions to make that happen. And, you know, I encourage people to stay present in life and make one decision at a time, working towards, obviously, the, the truest joy in our life coming from our relationships. Um, unfortunately, right. our society fights that a little bit. Uh, well, more than a little bit, which, which raises the ne- next question, of, really, is what can we do as parents, mentors, educators, um, to help the process along? I mean, obviously you know, that's a big question. Yeah. I, I think that one of the things we have to recognize is that our intellect, while it may be brilliant, is also very short-sighted because it really wants us to pat ourselves on the back and acknowledge how great we are as individuals. And, you know, we're revered and we raise our children to believe if you're the best athlete or a musician or engineer or scientist, you'll be revered, you'll make money, you'll have what you want and be happy. But I don't care how good a basketball player someone like LeBron James is. If he doesn't have good relationships with the people he loves, he mm-hmm. it's not going to be that joyful. And yeah, I believe- sometimes, sorry, sometimes the people who you see that are doing the achieving are the biggest complainers in the world. <laughs> Absolutely. And I find Very it interesting that satisfy. some of those people who are the largest achievers in the world, when they achieve what they achieve intellectually, they go off into a philanthropic endeavor to try to help other people be better because that's what humans are capable of doing. And the, the four tools that I think we need to work on are the four intuitive tools of knowledge, not the intellectual tools of knowledge. And, you know, intuition by definition is knowledge learned without conscious awareness. So you don't know you're learning how to socially communicate, how to spiritually have faith, how to emotionally love, or how to nurturingly sacrifice and I think those four things, so the, the social, spiritual, emotional, and nurturing abilities that we have that are inherent to who we are as a species are the tools of good relationships. And unfortunately, our world has exploded in intellectual challenges. I oftentimes say that my daughter at 14 has learned more than Albert Einstein, Thomas Edison, and Leonardo da Vinci combined in intellectual knowledge. Yet, mm-hmm. what we've done is we've sacrificed for most children 
the social ability to communicate, the spiritual ability to have faith, the mm-hmm. emotional ability to love, and the nurturing ability to sacrifice. And, you know, I think you have to recognize that that intuitive knowledge is gained by observation. And when you observe someone communicating well, and you see the joy that comes into their life, that's how you learn how to communicate. When you see someone displaying faith and see the joy that comes into their life, you learn how to understand spiritual faith. When you see someone loving appropriately, you learn how to love appropriately. And same thing with nurturing. I did not know how to nurture growing up. My mom was not very nurturing, but I'll tell you, my wife is one of the most nurturing people I've ever met. And now I get it because I've observed the joy that has come into her life by nurturing. So, you know, I I hope that as parents we can stop and recognize, unfortunately, we didn't learn it very well either because we were consumed by that achievement-oriented intellectual quest. But, you know, if we can stop and recognize that you're going to learn these skills by observation Mm -hmm. and the best way to, you know, get your child to to achieve that, those kind of goals is to teach them that way by behaving that way yourself. Yeah, and it's a lot of letting go of... um the things we grew up with that we thought were important, and speaking as yeah. a woman, going, you know, that I'm pushing 50 now, and the things that we thought were an important, um, you know, valuable uh, in life in terms of corporate work and making sure that you make enough money, and that there was a, you know, we were almost taught to put, to hold and disdain people who decided, women who decided to stay home and nurture their kids at home. And I'm not saying right. one is better than the other, but it was, it's just like all of the guilt and the things that we need to process through um, when we recognize that our behavior hasn't been, you know, spectacular. But that's part of the, you know, I think growing up and maturing and understanding things. I was just in Vegas, and, you know, everything's just totally blinged right out, and, you know. <laughs> it's yeah, you're right. Quite the, quite, the, quite the place to be when you come from, you know, a small town, you know, a rural environment. And um, I said to somebody uh, just about what I've learned over the span of, of the last 20 years, and that my mom, who's, you know, just... 70 now, I just think is the most beautiful woman in the world as I look around this room of women because she actually has that, she is the most nurturing person in the world. So her beauty has absolutely nothing to do with her physicalness. Like it's just, she is an absolute essence of nurturing and caring for other people and does it without it being a burden at all. It's an absolute joy for her. And 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 nurturing is sacrificing your time and energy to help something you love be better. You know, that's yeah. what nurturing is. And, yeah, yeah, I love the fact. And, obviously, it's, it's rubbed off on you as a mother. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, want your, you want to nurture your child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there's, time, a, there's, a, there's also like one more thing, I think, that would be very easy to implement in this world. And I call mm-hmm. it the Pledge of Agreement. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a really simple thing that I would love, love to see a school system institute. After children say the Pledge of Allegiance, which they still do in some schools, um, after they say the Pledge of Allegiance, I'd like them to say a Pledge of Agreements to themselves. And it's very simple, and it's using your three gifts, your physical, emotional, and spiritual gifts, appropriately. And it goes like this. Each and every day of my life, I'm going to use my physical gift to be productive. And each and every day of my life, I will use my emotional gift to be at peace in all my relationships. And in each and every day of my life, I will use my spiritual gift to guide me to make decisions to fulfill purpose. Mm-hmm. Really simple. But wow. when, you're, when you're being productive, <laughs> at peace, and fulfilling purpose, it's very hard not to be present in life. Right. I'm just making yes, notes like right. <laughs> yeah. Mm. yeah, no, I, 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 I think you're right about that. 
Um, we've got about uh, three and a half minutes left on the show, Wayne. Do you want to tell people, um, you know, where they can find out more, what's coming, you know, what you're doing, sure. what's coming out uh, in the in the future, so that people who I'm sure have been very interested in what you've had to say on today's show can follow up. Well, right now, what I'm working on constructing is, and the name I've called it is called the Life Map, and it's meant to provide direction. And obviously, I want to provide direction into the present moment where your thoughts, your feelings, your actions are there. And a Life Map, I would say, right now, I'm almost complete with what I consider is going to be an electronic book that is an image that talks about everything that we've talked about today. And it allows you to take this image and touch a button or a word on that image, and it'll open a PowerPoint or um, slideshow presentation of that topic matter. So awareness, challenge, patience, and honor, the four obligations. You can touch a button that says four obligations, and it'll open that dialogue. Right now, it's not available yet, but it will be shortly. I'm linking it all together right now as, as we speak. And um, But if anybody would like to get a hold of it, you certainly are welcome to email me directly at wayne at waynejohnsonmd.com. And I'll be glad to share it. I'm, I'm, my goal is to try to start a nonprofit. And if anybody out there wants to help, I'd love your help. Being a full-time doctor working 13- and 14-hour days doesn't leave me much of an opportunity to, to share the way I want to. But I would like to start a nonprofit. This is nothing that I want to profit on. I want to give this away because it's been given to me by patients over the last 20 years. And, you know, I'd love to share it with anybody as long as it helps somebody else be better in life. That's really what I want to accomplish. So, you know, Wayne at WayneJohnsonMD.com. If you email me, I will share it with you. Well, okay. What a, it's, it's been a wonderful Wayne, hour. W-A-Y-N-E, Johnson, J-O-H-N-S-O-N. And, um, you know, you say it's not available now. And when we're recording the show, it is December 2016. So if you happen to listen to this in June of 2017, that material might be available. But you can still email uh, Wayne and ask him whatever you want. Um, and we really hope that um, today's show, I mean, it's been I knew it would be. That's why I wanted to get you on the show, Wayne. This is incredible stuff that people absolutely need to hear. So, so thank you so much for your personal sharing and for your wisdom. It's been awesome. Well, I thank you for having me, Leah and Howard. I appreciate it. Yes, thank you so much. That's it for this show, Master Your Life episode. Join us next time on Master Your Life when me, Dr. Howard Rankin, will be along with co-host Leah Mattinson. Hopefully she'll be off the side of the road by then and back home. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we will be exploring more issues that affect your everyday life and your life in general. Take care. Thank you for being a part of our show today. Master Your Life with Leah Mattinson and Dr. Howard Rankin can be heard every Tuesday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, go enjoy your successful life.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.